to match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat children. All right. We back. Another episode of the motherfucking Tough Talk podcast. Uh, I am your host, clearly, obviously, Phil Hunt. Uh, on this week's episode, uh, I got a guest, a uh, friend from back home from Indianapolis, a comedian, Jay Scott, the one and only uh, Jay Scott, formerly of Indianapolis. Now he's out in uh, San Antonio. So we, we chopped it up. We talked a little bit about, you know, comedy in indiana or indianapolis we talked a little bit about comedy in san antonio uh what else did we talk about on this episode oh we discussed the uh the haitian assassination the assassination of the haitian president uh we chopped it up about that for a little bit and you know, uh, what else did we talk on this episode? Man, it's hard for me to remember. We recorded this Saturday. You would think I would remember some shit from one day ago, but if we being real, these days are all running together. Like, uh, that was Saturday we recorded, Saturday morning, and then Sunday, yesterday, I was in Connecticut, so had to drive up a couple hours we did uh connecticut funny bone me ray goots and the crew uh shouts out to them shouts out to dennis rooney he's a good driver uh if anybody out there needs somebody to open that has a reliable car and can drive i told him you know i'd rate him four stars if i could <laughs> he's a pretty good driver and i open her uh the young lady, what is her name? Ke- Kiana. I, I want to call her Kiana Reeves. Now I'm trying to think of her last name in the moment. Lord Jesus, I'm an old man at this point, but her name is Kiana. So how many women named Kiana can you do you know that? Yeah. And you spell that just like Kiana Reeves. And that was what I was about to say, because we're just creatures of habit, people. You know, that's like when somebody approaches you and they say, you know, how are you or something and you say it right back to them and it's just like uh yeah i've had people approach me before i have my coffee and they hit me with the you know how are you and you go good morning and it's just like that's not an answer to what i asked i asked you how are you and you replied good morning drink your coffee and get your fucking gears going (laughs) uh Anyway, yeah, we went up yesterday to the Connecticut Funny Bone. Shouts out to all the staff up at the Connecticut Funny Bone. It was a good time. Probably about 50 people in the building. Took some nice pictures. Got to rock out for about 20-something minutes. So I, I feel like myself again, you know. I hadn't done a long set in a while, you know. I've been doing the the hot 7 to 10s here in New York City mostly, you know. Things... Things are coming back slowly. I was able to hustle up yesterday or not yesterday. I should say what Thursday. Thursday I went out and did some comedy. Went by Joey Dax for a little. Checked out a couple open mics down there. Then moved over to the tiny cupboard. And yeah, I got lucky. Somebody put me up. Shouts out to uh, Eugene Chang. Eugene Chang gave your boy some time down at the tiny cupboard. I hadn't been down there, but I kept seeing pictures of everybody there. And it's on a rooftop. So, you know, black people, we don't really fuck with heights like that. So 
had to climb up some rusty stairs, but it was worth it to do a little time on the rooftop, which that's one of them, you know, you felt like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still an Indiana kid at heart. So it's like, you know, a rooftop in Indiana might be three stories that it's just like, look, man, I'm pretty sure I could jump down from here and not hurt myself. <laughs> you know, fucking rooftop in New York and shits be like six stories minimum. So anyway, but yeah, I got to get out and did outside, take it outside comedy, too. I got up there, too. So starting to get up a little more, starting to starting to feel like like before. You know what I mean? But I'm getting nervous because I'm I'm looking at our uh, cousin there over on the west coast la and uh yeah they just had to put the mask back on out in la so but their governor is you know super strict or whatever so who knows what's going on with that i don't know if they got another election coming up but they probably not gonna re-elect that motherfucker uh yeah because yeah they 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 haven't liked him throughout this whole pandemic and i mean i guess our governors are doing the best they can do or what they think is best for us, you know, and that's that's a lot like parenting. So whereas like, hey, you might not like your parents, but they 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 tried their best and everything they did they at least thought was in your best interest. You know? And if you like your parents, it's it's a whole lot of motherfuckers in prison that love their parents. And there's also a whole lot of failures that never leave the nest that like their parents. A whole lot of motherfuckers that live in the basement love they mama <laughs> a whole lot but if they mama that pushed them a little harder they wouldn't live in the basement you feel me so i guess it's a catch 22 you know what i mean governor could just let us do what the fuck we want to do and then we'd all be dead by now because uh clearly we're not responsible enough uh but yeah it was cool cool going up to connecticut yesterday Doing doing twenty minutes rocking out doing the show, you know what I mean. Them crowds give us life. It was interesting even just seeing how they live up in Connecticut, cause you know, all the kids was parking lot pimping. It's like, oh yeah, it's Sunday, and it's ten o'clock, and there's nothing's open in Connecticut. Everything's closed, so they're pretty much just hanging out at the uh, BP station, getting Slurpees and parking lot pimping, you know what I mean? And, you know, I guess it's summer vacation, too, for those kids. So just reminded me of, you know, being in Valdosta, Georgia in the summer. You're 17 and you're 16 and you you don't quite got any money, enough money to do what you want to do. And also, there's really not a lot of places that cater to you, you know what I mean? It's like... We had teenage clubs, I guess, in Indiana, but even those were like, you know, special nights or whatever. And even then you had to have a ride to get there. So it is what it is. I don't know. It's Monday. What the hell's going on Monday? I don't feel like a whole lot has happened between when we recorded this and now. Like I said, other than me going up to Connecticut. Uh, was just checking out the internet here. I was looking at what, what was I looking at a trailer for this video game. Nickelodeon's supposed to be releasing this All Star Brawl video game. If y'all play video games out there, I'm sure you'll be wanting to fuck with that. It it gave me some good memories just looking at the trailer because you know I'm an '80s baby, but we was '90s kids, so 
we grew up with everything that's on this game. You know, the SpongeBob's and the uh, I Real Monsters. I think they got a few characters from I Real Monsters. Ren and Stimpy's supposed to be on there. It looks a lot like uh, Super Smash Brothers that I grew up playing. A lot of Super Smash Brothers at the Boys and Girls Club. You know what I mean? Coming up. So it is what it is. That's one of my favorite games, actually, man. Like, yeah, you wouldn't think. I remember seeing, like, you know, seeing early footage of Super Smash Brothers, and you were just like, nah, a 2D fighter. Like, you know, and comparatively to everything else that was out at the time, you know, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighters, all that stuff, Killer Instincts, that you just was like, ain't no blood up in this, Mario in it, so it gotta be soft. But then you play a few rounds, you know what I mean? And I guess what changed the game with that was that it was multiplayer. So it was like, man, this is wild, dog. And, you know, it's Mario out here, Pikachu out here. Uh, What's the boy Ash Ketchum from Pokemon out here? Yoshi out here thugging. It's a good time, man. I remember my my fighter was Ness because he had that bat. I used to love knocking motherfuckers off the board. Hated Kirby. Kirby was the worst on there. We ain't going to talk about what Kirby was doing with that mouth. Super paws. <laughs> Kirby out here sucking everybody up. <laughs> ah, who came up with that character, man? Motherfucker just inhales everything within his path. That, that's it. That's the power. But yeah, super. It, it remind me a lot of Super Smash Brothers. This uh, Nickelodeon All-Star game they're coming out with. Like I said, it looks... Real fun, and like I said, the Super Smash Brothers. Like I said, that that comparatively to everything that was out at that time, you just like, yo, I don't know about this. And then, like I said, once you start playing, you like, oh, they got everybody out here thugging. I think Princess Peach was even out here thugging, getting it in. So, but yeah, this Nickelodeon game looks dope. Like I said, SpongeBob's there's Patrick Star. They even got Sandy out here with her uh, space helmet on fighting. So I seen they got Helga. They got Helga from Hey Arnold out here thugging. So, yeah, it looked fun. I mean, so far, it don't seem like they got no weapons, though. That's one thing I was looking at. I was like, hold up, though. But then they got, like, they always mix in these advanced fighters because then they got, like, if you're going to have Helga and Sandy from SpongeBob, how you also going to have Leonardo from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? And they got a few cats from, like, uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender or whatever. I know y'all think I'm tripping, but if you're listening, Google uh, Nickelodeon All-Star Game and you'll see what I'm talking about. This shit sound like a bad dream. It sound like I'm high or something. <laughs> like, nigga, ain't no fighting game with no Helga Pataki in it. <laughs> you tripping. But nah, they really about to make that shit. And you know you got to be careful with the internet because they be putting out bogus shit that you'll see stuff and go, oh, that's not real, though. Like, uh, remember uh, over the winter they had this uh, KFC gaming system that not only could you play games on it, you could uh heat chicken while you play the games. And I made a whole video about it. It was so ridiculous that you just like, yo. But then I do remember seeing this Food Fighter game where Ronald McDonald and Colonel was squaring off. It's in the video I made that it's just like, yo, who made this trailer? Because I would really like to play this shit. <laughs> 
Like, come on, man. Don't don't show me no shit like this. I think Ronald McDonald had hit dude with a Big Mac and finished him off. But yeah, the game looks real fun or whatever. But like I said, I'm I'm confused by how they got a bunch of people that ain't never fought before, you know what I mean? Helga Pataki and all them different people. And then now that you're going to have Leonardo, it's like, you, he got to be in here chopping heads off. He been fighting the foot soldiers, the foot clan since he was like 10. Or since he was a baby, actually. They never put Master Splinter old ass in no game. That, that'll be fun. See if you can fuck with the Master. But yeah, the game the game looks real fun, and then they got like you know wild people from Wild Thornberries. I'm hoping Doug is off in that thing, man. Doug and Skeeter, hopefully, that'll be fun. I feel like I should do the honk honk, put pork chop a quail, put Doug in that bitch's quail, man. Y'all 80s babies, 90s kids, y'all know what I'm talking about. Put quail man in that thing, <laughs> uh, Mr. Dink or something. Anyway. What else is going on? Oh, the NBA Finals is still happening, which it feels weird because you got the NBA Finals going on, and it's damn near August, and you also got Team USA happening at the same time. But yeah, they played, what, Game 5 the other night? Am I bugging? Yeah, Game 5, and Milwaukee's won the last three that it's like, man, the Suns was hot. I ain't going to lie. I picked the Suns in five. And uh, they let me the fuck down. I thought they they looked confident. They looked like a team of destiny, but they looked like they didn't run out of smoke. I mean, Chris Paul ain't played well these last few games and people on his ass that it's like, buddy, it took you 16 years to get here. Don't run out of gas now. But hopefully he can, you know, inspire himself, and get himself fired up for the next one because that next loss is, you know, that's it, you know. So the Bucks done ran off three straight on them. That, like I said, I didn't see that coming. And they beat them, I think, in Phoenix the other night. That it's like, damn. Hopefully Chris, Chris Paul, Cliff Paul, or whoever the hell he want to be, going to have to dig deep. See if he can find some buckets. Because, I mean, Devin Booker been lighting it up. He, he, Devin Booker going for 40, I think, back-to-back games. But... Aiden ain't did much of nothing, and, and neither has Chris Paul. That it's like, dude can't do it by himself. But that's the crazy part about the Suns is, I mean, they've essentially been getting it done all year without without a bench with the exception of Johnson, which he, he, he had the dunk probably of the finals. And what are the better dunks of the series the other night, man? He flushed on somebody's ass from damn near the free throw line. Shit was kind of beautiful, and the ref, of course, they reviewed it, and it's like, man, don't ruin this moment for us. That's the thing you think about almost every great NBA moment could have been ruined by somebody being like, uh, actually, that was a charge. It's like, yo, don't do that. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I think John Morant had one of the better plays that I've seen in the last 10 years where he tried to dunk on Kevin Love. And, I mean, he missed the dunk, but it was one of them that they tried to, like, call a charge. I think they did call a charge on that one. Charge or a block on Kevin Love. But Kevin Love even had to do a little, like, whew, because, yeah, he almost got his fucking head taken off, man. Athleticism in the NBA is unreal, which actually is interesting because – 
you know, the Team USA that they put together, which is missing all the NBA players, which we forget the NBA is just a fucking job that it's like, you know, LeBron didn't play for Team USA this year. And then the two-time MVP, uh, Giannis, is still playing in the finals. And also he's Greek, which is just feels like a funny thing to say because he's actually Nigerian. But, you know, they left Nigeria and went to Greece. And we got beat by Team Nigeria, Team USA. And it was just funny because it was like watching Black Panther. It's like, uh, who you with, Killmonger or... Uh, you with the other Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman and them. But, yeah, it was weird because it was like <laughs> same suit. Y'all look the same. You know what I mean? Uh, Precious and whatever them boys over in Nigeria. And that's the thing. Sometimes we talk about, you know, a team losing and the coach, Greg Popovich, got pissed because they was asking him questions, basically disrespecting Team Nigeria. And it's like, yo. Sometimes it's less about us losing and more about the other team just outplayed us. Like, give them credit. Stop asking us what went wrong. It's less about what went wrong for us and more about what went right for them. And, I mean, they got four NBA players on Team Nigeria, like I said. So it's like the mystique that existed when Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley and all the motherfuckers was out there. The original dream team isn't there. It's like, yo... You playing against dudes that play against NBA talent every night. Nobody fucking scared of you. And I saw they was talking about adding Duncan Robinson to the roster. And it's just like, dog, no. <laughs> Don't fucking do that. Because it just reminds me. And yeah, you do need shooters and different stuff. You do need specialists. You need somebody to set screens and different shit like that. But it's like, yo, LeBron's not playing. Harden, who's one of your last MVPs, ain't playing. For some reason, this nigga's running around touring Europe with uh, Lil Baby. And, I mean, Lil Baby got arrested out in Paris or whatever. Harden skated. But it's just like, nigga, how you going to be an NBA player on the other side of the world and not help the Team USA? But I understand if you play basketball, you know what I mean? It's that Team USA is like mandatory overtime at the factory. <laughs> Nobody likes mandatory overtime. Well, I guess it's not mandatory overtime, and that's why they were able to opt out. But usually, they only opt out when we're not in the Olympics. So it was strange to see them opt out while we're in the Olympics. Like, fuck that gold medal. And if you remember a few summers ago, we didn't even place. Like, who did we get beat by? I'm trying to remember. I I, want to say Team Argentina kicked our ass and took the gold and, and we didn't even get the bronze like we we came in I think fifth that it was just like man y'all better wake up and get this thing together this is like I said that that whole dream team mystique of oh 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 poor father boy Michael Jordan that shit gone <laughs> like they know who you are now and they play against you in the NBA so they wanted to make the game international and here we are but yeah, Harden ain't playing. I think your last three or four MVPs ain't even playing. Uh, LeBron ain't playing. Harden ain't playing. Anthony Davis ain't playing. It's all these, these, these dogs that are in the NBA, you know what I mean? And uh, I guess this year's MVP is Jokic. So, you know, he ain't playing not for Team USA because he's foreign. 
So yeah, the game has become global and a lot of the MVPs, like I said with Giannis earlier, don't even belong to us, you know what I mean? You got Luca, all these different players, you know. Like I said, I'm trying to name the last four MVPs, which gets tricky because LeBron is a lot of them. KD is playing, but you know, he don't really, leading teams ain't really his thing. The boy, the boy of beast, the top 10 scorer all time. But, you know, when it's just him, I seen Draymond grabbing his ass the other day that it's just like, yeah, man, it's just like old times in Golden State, except you're missing Another former MVP, Steph Curry, that ain't playing. That is just like, yo, <laughs> we over there with the D team getting getting mollywopped. And, and we lost to Nigeria, and then we lost to, I think, Australia. That is just like, wake up call, bro. Y'all can't beat Joe Ingles in them. Hey, it's about to be ugly out there. But anyway, I I just wanted to do a brief intro, catch y'all up to where I was. Uh, And uh, yeah, this episode, me and Jay Scott, like I said, we chop it up about comedy heavy. We talk a little bit about his beef with some uh, cats in the San Antonio comedy scene. Uh, We reminisce on our Indiana days. Uh, We talk the Haitian president getting assassinated. And we talked a few other things. I think some of the COVID restrictions in Texas and whatnot. But, uh, you know, enjoy this episode. Like, share, subscribe. And uh, we're going to go ahead and get into it. Yo. Yeah. What up? Yo. My, my brother. My brother. Yeah, Jay, man, it's good to hear from you. I feel like I, I see you on social media. We haven't talked in some years, so it feels like I, I know where you're at. Yeah, yeah, you too, brother. You too, man. I see you grinding out there hard, man. I see the, the TikTok video. Yeah, yeah man. Put, putting in some work. I try to, you know, try to stay present on the social medias and whatnot. Uh, we haven't talked in so long, man. I don't know where to start. Uh, for those of you listening, uh, I have my guest this week is a uh, comedian Jay Scott. Uh, Jay Scott, you tell them, tell them your handles and where to, where to find you at and whatnot. Okay, yeah. So uh, on uh, Facebook, YouTube, uh, TikTok, comedian Jay Scott, and on Instagram, uh, Jay Scott Experience, <clears throat> and that's J S C O T T. Yeah. We we gotta get you we gotta get you uniform to where it's all one thing. Like all my shit is at I am Phil Hunt. I'm trying to keep it that way. You know, sometimes people be having your shit bought up or whatever though that you go, is it that many I am Phil Hunts out there? <laughs> and that should be annoying because you'd be like, Man, damn, now I'm Phil Hunt on Twitter and, and, and at the real Phil Hunt on Instagram that I feel like yeah. that's the first level of being a comedian in 2020 that people got to get hip to or in 2021 is, yo, you got to have all your handles one fucking thing. Yeah, I don't know why I did that shit with Instagram, man. I might have been, uh, been a little high. Uh, <laughs> you know, I might have been a little high, man, but yeah, you know what I mean? But yeah, man, you know, I had to, I had to tip my hat to you, bro, because, you know, you've been putting in work for a very long time, man. Man, it's you know, been... You- 15 years. How, how long has it been for you? About the same. About the same. You know what I'm saying? I started maybe about 
a few years before before you 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 came on. You know what I'm saying? But you know, it's uh, it's just good that you kept with it, bro. You know, it's good that you you got that workout in New York, and uh, you know, New York is a real, real, real good stomping ground to see where you at. Yeah, I'm 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 trying. They say if you can make it here, you can make it anywhere. But I ain't gonna hold you. We think about quitting every day, especially especially over the pandemic, because it was just you know oh, we yeah, went from tough. went from doing you know two spots and a night to, down to nothing, and then down to you know I'd say in a week, because I've always been a big quality over quantity guy. In a week, I was probably doing four to five shows, you know, so. Yeah, to go from that to nothing, and I mean, but we started in Indiana, so remembering some of them days kind of yeah. helped me adjust to like the slower schedule and the slower pace. Because mm-hmm. you know, back in Indiana, I was only averaging when I left, I'd probably do three shows in a month, and that felt like something, yeah, yeah, and, and yeah, and that man, it's, it's like you know, it, it, it wasn't, it, it wasn't as nearly as open as it is right now. But yeah, then, man, there was only a few places you could really even, you know, go to to get a workout in, you know, doing it in, uh, you know, it was very, you know, you know, politics and everything, man. So it was it was kind of like you had to get in where you fit in, but, you know yeah, what I mean? we it's had like, to make our own, you know what I mean? And then that's, that's one thing I like about being in New York. You know, I can go Manhattan, go downtown, LES, the village, all that, get get the white people, then I can do some shows uptown, you know, Harlem and Bronx and Queens, Brooklyn, see some black people and get that workout, you know what I mean? And being a versatile comic, it definitely helps with that. Uh, yeah. What, what did we, 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 in Indianapolis, I was doing a little bit of crackers, then you remember they had, uh, they had the rule where you couldn't go from crackers to Morty's, and yeah. only crackers cared. So then I started doing Morty's, and then once you know I did Morty's, it was like, well, shit, where to go now? Right, right. So I had to get up out of there, and you know, I'm I'm a little ashamed. Were you born in uh, Indianapolis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was born in that. Yeah, I'm, I'm just that. a little ashamed of us overall. That I was talking to a friend recently that's from Indiana, and he we was laughing because I said, "Yo, you you know what tells the story of how little is actually going on in Indiana is." That we don't even have a rapper. Oh man, the politics on that. But see, I, I tell you, I tell you what, I tell you what's the thing, Bill, bro, is that uh, in 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 cities like Indianapolis, um, you know, Indianapolis is in the middle. You know, especially with Indiana, is in the middle, literally in the middle of the Midwest. And the thing is, with every every city around the Midwest, really just around the country, even in San Antonio here, it has a local uh, scene or a local, uh, you know, lab, like even on the radio. And like in Indianapolis, the promoters and the DJs want to be bigger than the artists. Interesting. That's an interesting perspective because well, who was I talking to? But I said, you know, Detroit got Eminem and, and even fucking St. Louis had Nelly mm-hmm. and all yeah. them people that came out, Kingy and all them different ones. And Chicago got Kanye, Twisted, the whole nine that you go, damn. Even Cleveland had, you know, Bone Thugs, got Bow Wow, uh, Ray Cash that you go, that says a lot about who we are as a city. 
And I always felt like we always embraced people from elsewhere more than we did us. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. We we show yeah. Boosie love like he from Indy. Yeah. Oh man, bro. There's a there's a there's a video of a juvenile. He he performed at the Vogue. This was probably about maybe about five years ago, something now. But he he's performing and. Uh, I can't remember what DJ it was, man. I been DJ DJ, but he he was like, you know, something happened with the music, and, and he was like, ah, you know, he told Juvenile, hey, you know, just chill out, man. It's my city, woo woo. <laughs> and then Juvenile was like, yo, city, nigga, this is my city. <laughs> <laughs> man, that shit was so hilarious, nigga. Like it was hilarious. But one thing I was also gonna say, man, was that. There, there have been, see, in, in, in Nap, because it's so blue-collar and so kind of behind a little bit that there are people that got their shot in the in the, in the the music uh, game. It's just that in Indianapolis, there hasn't been a uh, culture of capitalizing on what you do. So it's like you Yeah, like we had Ryan Fest that was with Kanye back in the day. My barber, yeah. and I mean, you know, his claim to fame was he wrote part of Jesus Walks, at least. He would try to say the whole thing, but it's like, bruh, then where's your hit, you know? Because right. I always hate when rappers do that or try to, oh, you know, I was a ghostwriter. Like, you remember uh, Gilly the Kid and Lil Wayne yeah. where people would yeah. say he wrote Carter. The Carter yeah. is like, well, if you wrote the Carter, explain the Carter 2, 3, and 4, and all these mixtapes, and then also explain why you don't have any hits yourself yeah yeah so and then, i always I mean, felt like that was a fallacy yeah. that people would kind of duck under and i mean yeah. i think for me and the reason i'm having this conversation with you is because for the larger thing that for artists you go man i mm-hmm. i don't see anybody being able to stay here because there really is no growth and like i said you know they treat boosie and they treat yo Gotti like they from there and i mean they're both dope artists. I like both of them. But you go, this isn't even the South, nigga. This is the Midwest. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, what I learned very early, bro, and, and this was like around 2010 when, because uh, I've been out here in like since 2015. But in that, I was, I say around 2008 or between that 2008 to 2010 period, I, I, I learned very early, man, that in cities like Indianapolis, uh, you have to first be very independent. You know, you have to very, you know, do things on your own. And then your marketing game has to be through the roof. Like you have to be on um, all platforms, you know what I'm saying? Billboards, bus, flyers. And yeah, that's a little bit of a game changer now because you can jump on the socials and even if, but you know what's crazy? Even with the socials, we still don't have a lot popping there. And like I said, I think it was because when I was there, I just discovered, you know, they didn't really have a love for the arts like that. And they always felt like, like one concept I didn't feel like they understood was just because you're not famous doesn't mean you're not a professional or not a pro. Right. And that doesn't mean that it's not quality because you're not famous. And being here in New York, you know, I see, Broadway, you know, where the actors go to pop before they get on in Hollywood. Right. And it's like yeah. a real respect for the arts. And people do mainly understand, like, just because somebody's not famous. And I mean, 
going back to comedy, you say Mike Epps obviously is from where we're from, but there yeah. haven't been a lot of comedians, black ones anyway, that made an impact from Indianapolis. And even he had to leave and go to Atlanta first, then New York, and then obviously L.A. where he got famous. But you go to the other cities, Chicago has D-Ray, they have Lil Rail, they have Hannibal Burris. You know, Detroit has right. their comedians. St. Louis has, you know, Guy Tory, Joe Tory, uh, you know, this one and that one. If you go, damn, man, how yeah. how do we – it's just crazy to me that we haven't made an impact. So I'm out here pushing in New York and trying to be that person to make that impact. And I try to stay connected with y'all. Like, what, what motivated you to move to San Antonio? Uh, well, you know, it was – well, one thing was I was at a point where I wanted to really uh, get up out of Indianapolis, man, just really because of the weather. You know what I'm saying? Like, the past, the last few years that I was up there, like, it had real bad snowstorms and stuff. So I was like, man, I can't I can't stay up here like this, man, because it was just, it, it messes with your energy, man. It messes with your energy. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, well, let me, let me try to figure out, you know, somewhere to go. So I narrowed down some choices and, um, I ended up, I ended up uh, meeting my wife out here in San Antonio. Uh, I was in Indianapolis, and, and I met her through a mutual friend. And uh, you know what I'm saying? So I came out here visited a couple times. Uh, okay. Like I was on my on my list, but you know what I'm saying? Like I, I you know, I was just kind of all over the place with it. But I mean, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, I came out here for that, and uh, <clears throat> you know, don't don't necessarily. Just want to say where it's going right now because it's um, I got an old my own apartment, but uh, you know I came out here uh, wanting to try to get something you know a little different. And uh, I actually when I visited, I, I got on one of the open mics out here and built it. And so I was like, yeah, I got to come back. Out. Yeah, so you just wanted to get some new energy, and like you said, that weather in the Midwest is a, is a killer, you know. Yeah, yeah, man. And, uh, you know, the crazy part is, man, in San Antonio, uh, they had only two two comedy clubs that were, like, brother-sister comedy clubs. Well, one of them shut down. So, man, they only got one true comedy club here. Like, there's a couple of the comedy clubs. Like, there's one black-owned comedy club that's going to open up, you know, stuff like that. Okay, yeah, the pandemic probably shut that down. And, I mean, yeah, we all a little off-balance. Because yeah, it just, knocked out a lot of shit. Well, the the one that shut down, they they had shut down before the pandemic. It was a uh, they they either didn't pay taxes on it or didn't renew the lease or something. I mean, but, yeah, man, comedy don't make a whole lot of money. It's all about trying to sell drinks. So yeah, yeah, yeah. We chose so the art that nobody really cares about too much. You know what I mean? We're like a yeah, and, cousins and of really, music into movies. Yeah, I mean, you can get into some movies, you know what I mean? It is yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah, That's man. why people try to trip about, like, entertainers coming to do comedy clubs, but there is a perspective of, hey, if mankind can come and sell out your local comedy club, he may be helping to keep that motherfucker open so you can do a half-full Tuesday night. Yeah, yo. And if NeNe Leakes and Wendy Williams want to do comedy shows, hey, fuck it. yeah. Yeah, and you know they were uh now they were they were see the uh comedy club down here, they were open during the pandemic, but you know, they had to 
the spacing and everything, and everybody had to wear masks. So I mean, they 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 kept that going, but I mean, they had to, man, just, you know. And that's the thing about you know Indianapolis weather is the public transportation that like it mm-hmm. snows here, but I can jump my ass on the train. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's not such a big deal that it's bad weather or that it's cold because I don't have yeah. to clean off a car. Yeah, you know, push some shit out the snow. You know what I'm saying? Uh, man, I damn near dislocated one of my shoulders trying to help somebody uh, push a car. <laughs> yeah, if you don't get that snow pretty much while it's falling, it's a wrap, boy. Yeah, I man. I have seen some motherfuckers trying to jackhammer out on the third day after that blizzard. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Or trying to drive like snow in the Yeah, it's all bad. Motherfucker driving with a whole foot of snow on top of, on the roof yeah. of the car. You got to swerve. Motherfucker, I don't even want to be beside you in traffic because you are an accident waiting to happen. Yeah, or potholes. You already know, man. So, potholes. So Texas, Texas is fucking huge. And I mean, this might be a dumb question because I know the scene out in Austin, Texas, comedy-wise, is kind of popping. You know, Joe Rogan went down there during the right. pandemic from L.A., and then all the little L.A. comedians followed him down there. Right. How close to Austin are you? Uh, so San Antonio is uh, uh, maybe about about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour from Austin. Okay, uh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's about maybe three hours, close to three hours from Houston. Because I was talking to my boy, and yeah, he's in, what part did he tell me? Anyway, he was like, yeah, man, I think from San Antonio to Dallas, because he's in Dallas, and he was like, yeah, that shit far. Yeah, 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 that's the second largest state, I believe. Yeah, it's about four, it's about four or five hours. Um, Yeah, it's about four or five hours from from here to to Dallas. Have have you picked up some Spanish down there? Uh... No, nigga, I, I'm trying. I'm trying to, man. Like, I'm trying. <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe like the little basics, but it's like, man, nah, nah, I haven't, man. Like, I'm, I'm trying to, though. Trying, I'm trying to learn Spanish, man. You got to, man. Like I said, it's North Mexico right here, bro. So, like, I mean, shit, no joke. It is Mexico. You know, we just took it. Yeah, from- <laughs> yeah. and it's like it's like two hours from Mexico. Like, bro, I didn't like if you ever if uh, like there's a city called Laredo. Laredo, Texas, is uh, literally a, a border uh, city, border town. So, oh yeah, that border know. patrol probably thick. Yeah, it's it's actually okay going there, but they got a checkpoint coming back. So, mm. you know what I'm saying? But yeah, man, it's it's crazy. I mean, is I it one of the things there. where, like, okay, I lived in Buffalo for like ten months, and the border is right there. Like, I used to drive past it every day on my way to work, but we got an enhanced license because a lot of people would go over there for the weekend, you know, and just go kind of hang in another country. Do people yeah. go from Texas to Mexico a lot and just kind of hang? Um, nah, nah, I don't, I don't really think, I don't really think so to that degree. So it ain't that type of vibe. Nah, not from, not from, I would say not because Texas is so big, man. A lot of people, they they treat it like California, man. Like it's so big, like they really don't go nowhere else. Like they they go to got Mexico. You. you know, if they go to Mexico, uh, they probably got a lot of family there. Or yeah, you know, like if you black, you may visit there a little bit. But I mean, 
shit, it damn near it probably feel like Mexico here. So they probably like. Well, that's why I was you know, joking, but I was like, shit, that is Mexico, real talk. We took that joint for them. But you yeah. know, a lot of people are in denial about who the U.S. actually is. And as I say that, I'm thinking about uh, last week the Haitian president got killed. Yeah, yeah man. And then yeah. they started releasing these articles slowly. Oh, you know, one of the people is associated with the U.S. And then by the end of the week, it was like, yeah, up to 10 of those people that may have been involved are associated with the U.S. And it made yeah. me laugh a little because it's like, yeah, nigga, do you know who we are? Yeah, man. Yeah, that 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 shit is. Yeah, man. That shit is. Uh, that shit is. Uh, now we're the world's bully. We bully people. Yeah, all day, all day. And I mean, all we day. like to say that it's for the betterment of them people, but a lot of times it's just to serve us. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like what Patrice O'Neill say, man. Like you know, we the only we the only country, man, that go to other places and be like, uh, you don't speak English. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speak our language. It's pretty good. And yeah, it's like, yeah. motherfucker, you're in France. Yeah, like, fuck French. I need you to speak English. And I mean, <laughs> it is something like, I guess we are the pretty girls to the rest of the world because you go, the rest mm-hmm. of the world has opinions on our leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, and they know who our president is. We don't really know, but like three other world leaders. Yeah, we owe a lot of motherfuckers too. Right. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, you know, we owe and we take, and I mean, you know, even mm-hmm. when we owe, we find a way to take and to not pay, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. we yep. rob Peter to pay Paul. Yep. That's why, like I said, it was so funny to see the Haitian president, you know, getting assassinated then days later and then people waking up to like, oh shit, I think we did that. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah. you think we did that? <laughs> right. Right now, I mean, we did do that. And that's that. That's why you know Castro wouldn't fuck with us over in Cuba because yeah. he understood. You know, if I take something from them, meaning help, then I have to also do what they say. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't realize how much he had offered those over here. You know, he had offered like free college and free uh, programs and shit. Oh yeah, you know they was Black big America on the big on the socialism tip, and that's why you know. A lot yeah. of Americans use that fear, you know, against Bernie Sanders and shit, when they would be like, yo, if you think socialism a good idea, look at people floating over on rafts from fucking Cuba. Right. So it's like, right. we we shouldn't be that idealistic when we have examples. And I got to say, I kind of agree with that, where it's like, yeah, they got a point. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, a lot, a lot of the ones that come over here, man, let's be 100, a lot of the ones that come over here are the ones that are, like, already sold out. You know, they come over here trying to, um, you know, they'll be, they'll be uh, Cuban, but, you know, claim to be white. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They definitely got the big colorism issue going. Yeah. Which, which yeah, made man. me think of, uh, you know, that's the beginning of Scarface, right? Yep. He comes over from Cuba or whatever. Yep, <laughs> and they do yep. the uh do one of the big boys a favor and they murk that uh politician. Yep. In the uh camp or whatever, in the immigrant camp, and then they get on, you know, and the rest is history, yep. right? Yep, yep. That's a that's a good example. Hell yeah. I, yeah, I, I just that. recently rewatched that movie. It's crazy because Scar Scarface was damn near, you know what I mean? He was 
I, like when you really rewatch the movie, you go, "This motherfucker was—he went out like a punk, man. He was dishonorable. <laughs> he crossed the big boss that is like, yo, all you gotta do is kill some women and kids, and you can't do it. You yeah, done killed all man. these people. Yeah, morals. Yeah, we had morals, man. Could... <laughs> then he then he kills his own homeboy for messing with his sister. That is like, hey, she belonged to the streets, homie. Yeah, it was it was like the coke had took over at some point during the movie, man. It's like it's just and he over, was a man. fucking drug addict. So it's crazy to me <laughs> watching that movie and you go, motherfuckers idolize that. <laughs> yeah, and and and, that, and like what you said in the beginning of that, it had like a political, like a political, uh, you know, thing, you know, a stance, and then it just turned into some heavy cocaine, illogical decision making. Gangster yeah, shit, drug I addict by the end, because you feel like yeah. <laughs> if not for the drugs, he would have understood what the uh, he would have understood what crossing the boss was gonna get him because he crossed so sudden. It's like, hey man, yeah, and he would he would have knew he would have understood to see like that movie, man. Like it, it really taught you like really how to you know have power and what to look out for when you have that power. Like you know Benny Blanco, Benny Blanco, you know what I'm saying he the one came in underneath and Scarface didn't even really pay attention to him because he was like, all right, man, you're a youngster. I didn't already slap you around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know definitely. Saying? It was like, uh, oh, okay, you talking about uh, the other one. What was that joint? Oh, uh, man, I'm, my bad, man. I'm high, man. So, no, it's all good. We just, we, we just chopping blend. it up. You ain't got to apologize. I'm, I'm about movies. to do a shot myself. It's raining. I was, I was getting ready blending. to go to the gym, but now I'm going to use the rain as an excuse to stay in, drink, and be whatever, so. It is it's like it it's like it's like with Al Pacino movies, man. You almost gotta put them all together, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they do all start to run together. <laughs> yeah, you Yo, know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was telling somebody, uh, you know, the Denzel movie, uh, Training Day. Training yeah. Day feel like the beginning of American Gangster. Yeah. Like Yo. with the exception of the two time periods being different. Yo. If if your ass was to get high and watch Training Day and then watch American Gangster, you'll be like, "Oh, this is what Alonzo became if he would have stayed yeah. alive." Yeah, man. It, it seems like it seems like all the movies that are done by great actors, man. They like Pacino, Denzel, De Niro. Is like you you blend all they movies damn near together at some point with some of that shit, man. Yeah, some of the shit starts running together because yeah, you're right. I'm trying to think of the name of the movie now. You know what I mean, Marco. what is the that name? Was, of that uh, that was um, Carlito's uh, Car- way. Carlito's way, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? That was like a sequel to Scarface, damn near. I'm, I might be real, uh, what's the word, morbid or dark for this type of thinking, but you know what I was thinking when I seen that the Haitian president got killed? You yeah. remember that scene in Belly where uh, old boy gets smoked in the mansion? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's Lennox, what I was Lennox, imagining being Lennox. like. Lennox. So I went and watched that scene after I was reading that because I was like, yo, that's some real wild shit. Because to me, I started asking myself two questions, right? One is just that there's been world leaders don't get assassinated like they used to. Right. And especially not Americans. I mean, when you think about, you know, Martin Luther King, you think about okay, right. Marcus Garvey, all these different people that they killed, JFK, right. Abraham Lincoln, that it's like, nigga, they right. shot Lincoln in a theater, I hope the fucking movie was good. Mm-hmm. That, <laughs> that you start thinking, is it 
like why haven't <laughs> any world leaders died recently? Is it that the technology is so good or is it that people aren't really saying much no more? Yeah, I, I think once they, um, I think a lot of them are getting with the program with America, you know what I'm saying? The, and the ones that are not like, like dude from Haiti, you know, I've I seen things about him uh, starting to kind of push back on some of the uh, things that, you know, America was trying to get him to, like, you know, hold on and, and buy into. And so, you know, I think a lot of them just kind of have, you know, they bowing down and kissing the pinky ring right now, man. Got you. So you, you feel like, and I mean, it's different for international because, yeah, they tried to get Castro a lot. You know, right. there were failed attempts on his life. And I mean, to the point that Saddam had doppelgangers. <laughs> you yeah, never knew you know with Saddam. Right. Yeah. Even Kim Jong just faced he just faked his damn death a year ago, didn't he? Yeah, I guess he back on the scene a little Nigga, bit. That's now, but some wild shit, though. Yeah, he damn near <laughs> ate himself to death, man. He man, faked his death just to see what you was gonna have to say about him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like they almost, uh, you know, they, 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 you know, they had him uh, linking up with Dennis Rodman. Like, it was he, crazy. You know what I'm saying? They, like he couldn't stop eating, though, man. That's one thing they uh they never gave Trump credit for, you know. When Obama was in, they was testing nukes every other weekend. And mm-hmm. then even when Biden got elected, the yeah. what's his sister's name? I forget, I think Sue Young John or something like that. Sue Kim Jong or some shit. Anyway, yeah. she was like, Yeah, we about to start testing these nukes again on every Friday. It's yeah. like, yo. Dennis Rodman smoothed that shit over, and then Trump did too. He he called his ass Rocket Man when he first got elected, but <laughs> they was kind of cool afterward. Yeah, one one thing I say about Trump, man, you know, Trump was 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 you know a big big reality TV show. But see, man, it's like that's that's where this country's at right now, man. We 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 love the shits, man. And he was top of the line shits, man. You know, well, it was I, I going think, that way, and uh, yeah. you know, yeah, because man, I don't, I don't even, I don't even think he, uh, I don't even, man, I think he did that shit on the win and whim, and then when he got elected, he was like, oh shit, I got elected. <laughs> right, he couldn't believe he won, <laughs> and, and and even it was going that way, and it started with uh, what's his name, Arnold Schwarzenegger out there in California. Yeah, it did. It really did, bro. That, you know, really American did, bro. politics slowly became a joke. And I mean, it really you did. Look at like the Kardashians being yeah. the most famous family and Kim Kardashian being regarded as the most beautiful woman when that's all plastic surgery. Hell yeah, man. That you really start looking and going, well, nothing's nothing anymore. Everybody with an iPhone camera is a photographer. Yep. Every chick that posts a picture on Instagram is a model. Yo. So then we got all the way to our president ain't even a politician. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I don't think we'll ever see that on a black level where a black dude just rolls out of bed and is the president. Nah, 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 nah not a not a straight one. Uh, <laughs> leave it that. <laughs> leave it that. Yeah, American, American, American born uh, nigga president not nah, ain't gonna have that. Well that's the, the funny thing. thing about Obama even even and he's half white and I guess we all were going by the KKK or the cop logic of you know if they pulled him over random traffic stop his ass is black. 
Yeah, his background is hella sketchy too, man. His whole background is just real sketchy, bro. Real sketchy. You know, uh, really? Shine is into politics now. Uh, the rapper Shine. Yeah, I seen that. I seen, I seen a picture that. of him in a suit and from afar, I thought his ass was Obama. He that nigga looks a lot like Obama. Yeah, and if you hear him talk, he he he, he don't even really even sound like. He sound, he sound totally different, man. I mean, of course he's older and all that, but he sound he sound like a politician. That shit is crazy that they elected. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it, it was crazy. He got deported after that girl or whatever and that whole shooting incident that that's a whole nother conversation that n- niggas always got guns, but they never practice their aim. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. That is just like right. my dude, seriously. And I mean, that would have been a big deal had it happened nowadays. Because remember, he shot the girl in the face. Yeah, and motherfuckers yeah. is talking about free shine, and it's like, nah, that motherfucker need to be in there. <laughs> yeah, Puff Puff was like, hey man, I don't even know this nigga no more. Uh, yeah, but yeah, they had different lawyers in the whole nine, and and I mean, to a certain extent, everybody demonized Puff, but you go, Puff ain't tell his ass to do that. That was dumb. That was my yeah. That's my Somebody try to comment. But it tell you how long life is. I mean, I think that happened to Sean. I think Sean might have been 20. Yeah, well. You look now, and I mean, what is he, 40? And I mean, he's fucking got a suit on. He's like some sort of pol- politician over in Belize that they deported right. his ass back to. You know, what was crazy was he was born in Belize, but, you know, left when he was two. So they right. essentially deported his ass back to a country he'd never been to. Right. Right. Yeah, I know, right? That's that's but that's the the advantage of you know not being born in America. Right. That you can't be a felon and you know if you yeah. <laughs> get like, a felony I I they will take yeah. your ass back to your country. That yeah, people like get a, mad like when Trump was talking about, you know, murderers and rapists coming over here and it's like, you know, that whole lie that we are a nation of immigrants to where it's like, motherfucker, you're wow. an immigrant. I was kidnapped and brought to this bitch. I don't know what yeah, y'all talking know, about. Yeah, like I, I can't get in trouble in San Antonio and they deport me back to Indiana. They ain't not going to do that. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> they not going to do that. But yeah, I, I thought it was crazy to see. And you know, Haiti, Haiti likes to brag about being independent a lot, but you go, what well, you know, if everybody's in poverty, what's the point really of being independent? Like, yeah, yeah, so yeah, Haiti, man, Haiti's the whole Haiti is definitely a you know, something that, um, yo, I can barely hear you. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, Haiti's a whole different, uh, you know, a whole different animal, man, when it comes to. The historical aspect, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, they, uh, there's a documentary uh, 1806 or 1804. Yeah, you're breaking up now. I'm sorry. I don't know. You was clear before, but. Hold on, my bad. Hold on. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, my bad. Uh, yeah, they, uh, there's a, a documentary called 1804, and it's, uh, it's about the, the Haiti Revolution, man. And, uh, you know, historically, you know, Haiti has always been uh, something that they kept an eye on, man. You know, and you know, kept they they kept it even at the 
point where it's at right now, where it's like, you know, the resources are so low and everything. But, you know, historically, man, they've always had an eye on Haiti. Because, you know, Haiti had a revolution that defeated Spain. Um, yeah, yeah. They fought um, and kept their nation independent and sent the uh, Brits packing. As somebody was saying recently, where it's like, you realize Great Britain doesn't have it doesn't have an Independence Day, but everybody essentially Independence Day is celebrating kicking their ass out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That is just like, wow, when you really think about that, that shit is crazy. So when, yeah. when, when was your nation established? Every other nation essentially celebrates running y'all the fuck off. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, that was the thing about those times was that, you know, the more you conquered, the thinner your army became. So mm-hmm. essentially you had to decide, you know, should we just maintain home or whatnot? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm honestly surprised nobody's ever attacked America, you know, with the exception of what? Uh, the Pearl Harbor. Mm-hmm. As you go, damn, that's crazy. 50-something years ago, and even with 9-11, they had to use our planes, our own planes, because our radar is so sophisticated. <laughs> but Haiti, Haiti's got an interesting relationship with us because if you look at, like, um, Puerto Rico, the U.S. territory, and so is, um, you know, Alaska that isn't attached to us, that it's just like, and Hawaii even, that you go, I wonder why Haiti never really signed into us. And, I mean, Puerto Rico, every time something happened there, we rushed to help them. Yeah, hell yeah. Back to Trump throwing paper towels at them motherfuckers. Remember he was shooting that shit like basketball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of funny. Yeah, man. Not, not to mention, man, that um, you know when it um, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying when it comes down to it, man, it's like you know, what I mean? um, I think a lot of a lot of countries don't come over here and attack us, man, because as soon as they go to the club, man, they see all the scattered ass. Scattered <laughs> <laughs> you know ass, keeping them from. Keeping on you know what what I mean? uh, ass. Yeah, the Hennessy, the, the chicken wings and fries and shit, man. Well, that's one thing I say for our uh, generation is you feel like, you know, with the whole cancel culture thing, that uh-huh. how would we really even fight another world war when you got a generation of people that don't like words? <laughs> exactly. So it's like, well, you, you won't even say a certain word, so much less go kill another motherfucker. Right. Now, I mean, mind you, we still are occupying other countries. And I mean, my father was Air Force, so I'm, I'm aware of like, who we are and what we do. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I don't think... I feel like we're in the middle of a culture war with cancel culture and the whole nine that that is the war. Yeah. You know yeah I mean? Online is basically pick a side. Like, look, I made a joke. I made a joke about, you know, Jordan Peele got the new Candyman movie coming. So I was saying, yeah. do we really need new horror movies when we got a new COVID strand out here? Like, fuck Candyman. <laughs> I bet you won't say Delta variant three times, right? So yeah, I made that it. joke on TikTok and a motherfucker commented, shut the fuck up, you dumbass Democrat. <laughs> <laughs> And it made me laugh because I'm like, first off, 
you know, I've only voted Democrat, but I, I rarely identify with them anymore. If anything, I'm somewhere in the middle politically because I see right. criticisms of both sides. But I laugh because I go, how in the fuck did you get that from a joke of just like... Yeah, it's like, you know, some of the stuff, man, if it don't, if it doesn't fit a person's narrative, then they just automatically go to name calling. You know what I'm saying? Right, but it made me laugh because you go, how in the fuck did a disease become politicized? It's just kind of wild, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's actually people dying. Like, and in New York, we saw it heavy. I mean, they had to build parks. In like the uh, or they had to, I said they had to build parks. <laughs> they had to build. They had to build hospitals in the parks to the point that it was like, yeah, man, we definitely saw that it was real. Yeah. So for somebody to basically be online pretending like the Democrats made this whole thing up is just fucking silly. Yes, yeah, I will say this. I will say this. I don't really think that they I don't think they had a uh, hand in like you know, making a political thing like kind of like what we're talking about but I do believe I do believe they used that to get Trump up out of there. I believe that was a, I believe that was like a, it was a modern day coup. Man. I mean what was the likelihood of that happening? When they already they already knew that strand, they they already, Obama had already Obama's presidency donated millions to that research to that strand, and then it just so happened to outbreak the the fourth year of Trump's you know what I'm saying um, presidency. Like it didn't come in the first or second; it came in like right when he had you know was about to get back on and get out. Yeah, he probably would have won had it not been for the virus. Hell and then- yeah. Also, I thought that people ignored the fact that, you know, not being Carson, who was the other black man that was fucking with Team Trump? Um, Oh, yeah, the dude that that died. Yeah, yeah, what's that? Herman Cain. There we go. That, you know, this motherfucker is up there talking about how (laughs) the disease ain't real and then died from it the next day. It's like, you can't make no shit up that funny. Nah, nah, you can't, man. And that, and that's that, and that shit, man. <laughs> yeah, man. And he was too, and, and he was really too. He shouldn't even said that anyway, because it was affecting old old niggas the most. Like it was affecting right. older people the most. And he the one talking about his fate. Like, bro, you should have, should just step, <laughs> stuck to the pizza shit or whatever you think. Like, I mean, yeah. I ain't gonna hold you. I, I I barely wore my mask, and even now I am vaccinated. But I've already copped it. Look, I ain't getting no third dose. I don't give a fuck. Like, I've got the two. And really, I only did it to get the papers because I saw them turn away three beautiful white women at a comedy club one night from not having Mm. the papers. And I said, hell no, I ain't finna sign up to be discriminated against. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's, that's, that's a, that's a, man, that's a, it's a new day if they turn, turn away beautiful white women anywhere. I almost wanted to clap though, like, wow, white people are being discriminated against, nigga. This is progress. Yeah, you you went, you should have went live, nigga. That was a monumental moment. This that was like some kind of new Jim Crow. Yeah, that's like you know, that's that's for the for the history books right there. Three. But I went ahead and said, yo, if my great grandfather went through discrimination, I'm not going through it. So let me go ahead and get the shot. 
because I felt like <laughs> it's going to be mandatory for people to work and it's going to be mandatory for people to travel. So I said, let me let me go ahead and do it. But like I said, I just think it's funny as fuck that we made a disease political. It's like I can't think of any other disease that's political. And I mean, I guess it's the fact that it's airborne, but it's like nobody buys a condom and goes, look, look at this dumbass Democrat out here trying to wrap his dick up so he won't get AIDS. <laughs> Just like how crazy AIDS would be if they made it political. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's that's facts, man. That shit is wild. But uh I sent you I sent you a subject, uh, so we'll go ahead and discuss some of that. Um Yeah. Women women have been out of control on uh the internet this week even. Uh that's the theme I noticed from this week. Uh I don't know yeah. if you guys that are listening have Twitter, but there was a clip that went viral of a woman uh, figuring herself at brunch. And to the point that she squirted on the ground. And I mean, her eyes rolled into the back of her head and everything. It looked like the most delicious orgasm <laughs> <laughs> that I've ever seen, actually. I ain't gonna lie, bro. I saw that clip. I saw the clip, my nigga. I said, I, I had to watch it a couple times, man, because I was like, you whoa. I was like, this broad is just and she's so free right now. She just you know started squirting at, at a at a goddamn uh lunch, brunch. I was like, yo. And then what was the killer part was was the uh when when they were taking her out and it was people like hollering, hollering and screaming. It was a, that was a dude at the end that was screaming like that. <laughs> right. That you like. <laughs> and even a couple in the clip, you could see a couple dudes' faces to where they weren't scared, but they also weren't like cheering. You know, you, you ever see something and you just can't stop looking? Yeah. Yep. It's like looking at a car accident a little bit where you like, you know, sometimes you think it's traffic and then you see it's an accident and genuinely people are slowing down to see the accident. Yeah, so that's what it was like. Where a couple dudes in the clip, if you freeze it, you go, "Look at this nasty motherfucker! He ain't running; he just staring." (laughs) Yeah, and she was great. She was great. Load up to uh, reload to do it again. Like she was, (laughs) she was been super drunk. That I'm surprised she she hasn't gotten an interview and whatever else. You know, follow me because that's what I thought it was at first. I was like, man, it's one of them OnlyFans girls getting wild. (laughs) <laughs> but then you go nah this is in the middle of brunch I think they said in Fort Lauderdale so you know it's Florida and you know in places oh, wow. where, it's, where it's more hot like in Miami I was just in Miami a few weeks ago Yeah, they, they wear less clothes and you know people don't view it as sexual because it's just so hot but then you go I mean you're only one step away when you got on you know, a bikini with no drawers underneath, or I shouldn't say a bikini because this woman had on like a skirt. Yeah. With no drawers underneath, it's like shit. You will pull away from, you know, if that breeze hit wrong, you might just. I mean, man, she was on some extra ratchet shit, man. I mean, she had like her leg cocked up and everything. I'm like, oh man, this bra right here is. Yeah, she <laughs> was going at it. She was going for it. But then you say, who had the presence of mind to film this? Yeah, because I see so much wild shit in New York, but I never have the presence of mind to film it. And even one time, I remember this dude was going off on the train. He was ranting, 
And he looked at me, and I was just, like, changing the song on my phone. This fool was like, are you recording me? And I had to be like, nah, but if I was, the fuck? Right. Like, you the one on the train wilding. Don't try to get mad at me because somebody may be filming your dumb ass. That's just the world that we live in today. Yeah, that's what you know says. Well, I would have told that yeah, I am world star right now. Anything that you do can and will be filmed out here in public. Everybody is, you know, essentially TMZ now. So, yeah, the whole world is under top flight surveillance. But yeah, this chick, you know, and I couldn't really tell if she was black or white or she looked like mm-hmm. somewhere in the middle. She was one of them mm-hmm. uh, Janae Aku types. <laughs> So she might have been blazing a little bit of black and Asian going on there or something. But uh, that shit was wild. And uh, I think I want to say about that. Um, everybody was jumping to she should be charged or whatever. But it's like, you like, eh, what, indecent exposure, I guess. Yeah, yeah. well, I mean, we were going to charge her for coming. <laughs> you came in. Ah, that shit was wild, dog. Like I said, I woke up Monday and Twitter was just on fire. And then you go up, oh, let me see. And then you keep scrolling enough, and you're like, there it is. And I mean, it only went viral on Twitter because it's graphic, and you know, like Twitter allows porn, right? And Facebook and all the mother shits, they'll lock your ass up. You can't even no. type the word vaccine now without them popping up to label you as misinformation. You like, motherfucker, I'm not a doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know why people are listening to me. <laughs> Which Man, is weird about me. Twitter because yeah, you'll you'll have this porn and you know brunch squirt girl <laughs> and then you to go on there and just say a joke and they'll flag your joke. You know what I mean? So Yeah. I'm saying she was so focused, man. It's like damn that shit had yeah. me she was certainly focused. And like I said, I don't think the staff, because everybody was like, well, you know, how come it went on for so long? And it's like, nigga, that's not nowhere in the training manual. Even the security don't quite know what to do. It's like when you leave your house at 8 a.m. in the morning for work, you don't think, oh, today I'll have to stop a girl from fingering herself. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like, like what do you do? That's not nowhere in the handbook. And then, like I said, as a dude, you know, I gotta say, I wasn't terrified by it, it was weird, yeah, but I you couldn't take stop. my eyes off of it. I had to watch it two or three times, yeah. And I mean, yeah. I, I don't know, like I said, that girl must have been super drunk, but like I said, I think the further south you go. <laughs> That heat be so goddamn hot. I think it started affecting her brain to where she was like, fuck this. I'm the sun and this alcohol got me feeling extra horny. Yeah, she had to, she had to let one out, man. She had to shoot one out, man. But if she don't got a career, she definitely got one now. All she gotta do is get on OnlyFans and she's brunch squirt girl now. Yeah, yeah, man. Yep. But you know, we had her going crazy on Monday, and then by the end of the day, I seen another crazy clip that I wanted to ask you about. Uh, did you see the the chicken, uh, Victoria's Secret, the white yes. chick that was going crazy? Yes, I saw that shit. That again, I'm that. impressed by her presence of mind <laughs> to capture this whole thing because to me, as a man, I feel like 
whenever there's conflict, you always are more aware to have your hands ready in case you got to defend yourself. Yeah. So that's what impressed me about that chick is you go, yo, shorty, the white girl in the Victoria's Secret was going off and you go, damn, she captured her perfectly. And even when she was running at her, she still maintained her composure and didn't hit this woman. And I mean, like I said, my first thought was in seeing her on the floor like that, crying like she was doing of like, yo. I probably would have stomped on her. Like she, she didn't got on the ground. She made it easy. Bro, she had she had some of the most perfect camera work. <laughs> like I mean, especially when old girls dropped to the ground and shit, man. And she just she held it steady, man. Like it wasn't even shaking through the, through the whole clip. Man. It was like excellent camera work, man. Like right, that is like wow, off. the presence of mind to pull out a phone. In the middle of conflict, and then, like I said, to maintain a straight wrist and not to be moving all over the place. I was like, "Yo, you in the wrong mm-hmm. business. You should have been a camera grip on a set." Yeah. If she, man, if she would have waited like maybe two more seconds, she wouldn't even have gotten her uh, getting attacked. But she attacked her like right when she started recording. She so she got her, she got her like putting her hands on her as she was recording. So yeah, that that. You know what was funny about the video to me was she, as as this white lady is laying on the floor crying and carrying on, the employees at the Victoria's Secret are just doing their job. Like, they're still ringing people up. (laughs) Cashing people (laughs) out and shit. Yeah. It was just amazing that they had the composure to not even respond to her. Yeah, they treated her like yeah. a child, like oh, white women come in here all the time and cry and roll around on the floor. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. like just Thursday at Victoria's Secret. That's all. Yeah, she had a hard day and she wasn't feeling too good. What no, was amazing about that lady is that she was trying to be both the bully and the victim. <laughs> Yeah. That, you know, she essentially was rolling around on the floor screaming, you know, get her away from me. She's trying to attack me. Then she gets up and uh, starts following the lady and tries to attack her. Yeah. Then she started yelling out, stop recording me. Right. That it's just like, yo. That shit was hilarious, man. I'll tell you, have, have you ever been attacked by a wild character? No, no, I haven't, man, but I have definitely gotten looks, you know what I mean? I've gotten, like, you know, that scary shit, man. And when I say attack, I don't mean actually attack, because their attack is to actually be the victim. Their attack is to act like you're doing something to them. Yeah, uh, actually, yeah, man, I was, I was going on. Going to Costco, man. I was with the I was with the wife at the time. There's like a lane where you can post up while they go and like get to things that you've ordered like online. Mm-hmm. So the wife goes in there, man. I'm in this line, man, and like the way this the way this lady that was in front, she um. 
And she was like in she was like in the way, man. And so I got a little closer and closer. And then she, she bro, I was sitting in the car. All of a sudden I see her come out with like some uh security and they were like getting ready to try to make me boot. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, what I mean, the only thing she had to do was kind of like she could have, she could have, there was like little pillars where you could go in between. But it's like she wanted me, and I guess I missed the business. Man, I, I got out the car, man. Man, I started, I started on this, this lady, Like the police kind of showed up, man, but, but he tried to like touch the car. And I was like, oh, man, we ain't gonna touch. I like closed the door. <laughs> so you was, you were in a line. And like she tried to act like you was cutting her. It was like I had her blocked. I oh, had her blocked. You had but her blocked like, in. That's the way that that's the way that she was getting ready to like kind of present it. Hmm. Uh, she she could have she she I didn't block. You know what I mean? She was kind of. Uh, so she I took it to the point where she went and got security. Yeah, and then so she, she saw didn't me even try call. to like ask you, yo, you think you, you can nothing. move or I feel like you're too close. Nothing, nothing, nothing. nothing. Because that's what happened with this, uh, you know, this wild Karen and Victoria's Secret. They said it started because basically the black lady felt like she was too close and told her to back up. And I ain't gonna mm. hold you, I've seen a lot of this coming, you know. Mm-hmm. When I first started seeing, you know, the whole COVID thing and that, you know, mask and keeping distance that, you know, essentially some people are very sensitive about their space anyway. Yeah. And then once you incentivize it with this idea that, you know, someone getting too close might give you a disease that you could die from. I felt like we was going to see more of this. So I'm not surprised to see it. And if you remember at the beginning of the pandemic, there was that uh, person in Michigan. I think it was in Flint. And remember the security guard, it was a black dude, told the black lady like, yo, you got to keep on your mask. She argued with him. She spit on him. Then came back with her husband and son. And I think they killed that dude. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, say, I, I think I know they they killed the dude. They like yeah, shot him in the back of the head or something. Yeah, I saw that. And it was, and it was like one of them things are like, yo, like I said, some people were already sensitive pre-COVID about their space, and now, like I said, you essentially incentivized this idea. So that is one of the areas that I do see, you know, that there needs to be some sort of pushback on. And like I said. People, if they want to get into a confrontation with somebody, they definitely can just based off that alone. Yeah, like the way it was explained to me, man, it was explained to me. I had I had this um uh, neighbor that was in the military, man. The way he explained it to me was that when you're if you're around if you're around somebody that is maybe at a certain di- distance or like closely the way that this thing can can travel is if you have it and you're around them where you talk to them so much and there's not like a circulation of air and things like that if you're close enough you can you can talk enough to have your germs in the air right to where you inhale them germs and shit you know what i'm saying so it's like 
someone that that is close to you, like that's already some bullshit already. But it's like now you can like give me some, like nigga, you gotta back up, <laughs> right? But 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 and and even with the uh, vaccinations and different stuff, I w- was noticing, damn, people are closer now. You know, people are standing closer. That it's like still give me my. I've always been a person that's been aware of personal space. And like I said, now they've incentivized it to where people feel like I might die based upon the fact that you don't back away. So this whole confrontation jumped off because the black lady told her back up. And then here was the crazy thing I thought too about this wild Karen was, and I didn't even really understand this, that the girl started to go fund me basically for legal fees and you go, what legal fees? Like, you're not necessarily being sued. And I mean, they said she had damn near 100000 that, you know, if you go back to a few summers ago, well, actually last summer, do you remember the one with Amy Cooper? And that was here in New York. Uh, the man was looking at the birds in Central Park and, and, and then now the whole thing wound up on CNN. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. And, you know, he started getting book deals. All of a sudden, he was speaking on CNN to where you you step back from it a little and remove your own personal feelings of like, oh, these Karens be out of control. And you go, wait, is this a new hustle? Mm-hmm. Because remember, it came down to where he could have pressed charges against her and he waived the charges. So you go, well, he done made out nice. You know, now he's some form of activist or pundit going around doing speaking gigs based off the fact that a Karen threatened to call the cops on him while he was bird watching. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a form of clout, and you know, you never know, man. They might they might be using him. You know, they they use they will use you to try to, you know, have some type of agenda, man. And you she know, lost they, they... her job, but then when you started seeing her all on CNN and different stuff, you go. Well, hell, does she need a job at this point? So, (laughs) I don't know what this society, where we've gone, but there is a sense of like, one is everyone's not a victim. And even then, you know, once you start sending these people money, you go for, you know, what is the money for? You still got attacked by a wild Karen. You can't get rid of that. That happened. (laughs) A wild Karen, man. It's funny as two, man. And I mean, because, you know, there was a point when I first moved to New York that white women were acting like they were some sort of minority and some sort of victim. So I'm happy for the last four or five years of us actually recording their asses and documenting the type of evil that they do because, you know, this shit goes all the way back to Emmett Till. Uh And I mean, even the Central Park Five... That woman was in a coma and something really happened to her. But the reaction to lock up five teenagers, the rush to lock them up without proper evidence all came from that that place of having sympathy for a white woman. Uh-huh. That it was just like, you know, and then that fear of black teenagers. Oh, these kids are monsters. These aren't kids that it's like, yeah. you they know, sometimes in. they don't even have to weaponize it. So when you see these tapes and I mean, even myself personally, like I can remember working in Indiana and I was in Greenwood and, you know, Greenwood, that's Southern Indianapolis. For those of y'all listening 
And the second you step outside of Indianapolis, it's Trump country. And I mean, it's a red state. So that should tell you. Mm-hmm. Indianapolis as a city is blue. It's diverse. Well, we got blacks, Hispanics, and Mexicans. We ain't got the Dominicans, the Puerto Ricans, and all the diversity that New York does. But it's diverse as compared to the rest of the state. But anyway, I was in Greenwood, and I was an alarm installer working for ADT, and I installed this woman's alarm, and I said to her, you know, after I was showing her how to program it, and I told her, well, the code for you is this. When I leave here, you're going to change it. This is how you change it. She stared me right in the face, and she said, well, if you know how to program it, you can just come right on in and change it. And I said, huh? And she said, if you know how to program it, then you can just come right on in and change it. Mm. And I'm looking at her, and about the fourth time she said it, I said, lady, I'm going to leave here. I taught you how to change it. (laughs) When I leave here, I won't know the code. And she said it again, and I said, oh, this is that old school passive-aggressive racism. Yeah. I called my manager and kind of tell him, like, yo, you know, essentially, we, we got a uh, uh, we got a racist on the scene here, and uh, <laughs> there's nothing I can do about her preconceived notions of me. Like, yeah. You either do crime or you do or you work, meaning yeah. how dumb would it be for me to actually work for this company and to also be robbing you? Exactly. This company has all my information, where I live, social security number. If I was gonna rob you, I just old school knock you over the head. Come on in. <laughs> like you think I went to nine months of trade school and learned how to wire properly, wire and install systems to now come here and rob your ass? Yeah, yeah, they, they think you are uh, uh, undercover. Citizen. I mean, you have the occasional dumbass that's dumb enough to work somewhere and rob it. I mean, we've all seen the movie <laughs> set it off, right? Exactly. That old girl worked for the bank, and when she started yelling at people, they recognized their voice and was like, hold up, sis. I think that's you. Yeah, you know, it's like these, uh, you know, anytime I see somebody, man, a white, a white lady or a white man that's over the age of 70, I always want to ask them, you know, uh, have you uh, have you ever seen a lynching? Because I know you have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny, man. Because yeah, it, it wasn't that long ago, and I mean, all the way uh, back to Tulsa, Oklahoma, all that stuff got started over Karen's basically saying, you know, somebody had done something to somebody, somebody had raped somebody, and then boom, and that's, that's all it took. And if you so, look at me, if you I look understand at the Nigerian girl in the Victoria's Secret. I understand her fear and her reacting. And like somebody said, you know, they're not calling security to be nice to you. They're calling security because they know that they'll possibly show up and kill you. And you know, well, you know, the crazy the crazy part is, bro, is that 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 even when that happened, and and they and they called the police, the police came. And they were, they were going to escort the black chick out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They got and even in the middle of the video, one lady kind of says to her, well, why don't you just leave? And it's like, what? Why yeah. don't I just leave? Am I the motherfucker rolling around on the floor? Yeah, and the police was, uh, the police was trying to, uh, 
mayo explain. They was mayo mayo explaining to the black chick that you know they were like we don't we don't we're not security uh at this mall and this this and this but it's like you the police though like, right well that's the what police. I was saying too about you know sometimes you do feel sorry for those people because you go like with the brunt squirt girl that you go well honestly I don't really know how to police this <laughs> I don't yeah. know what the fuck y'all got going on here like. You know what I mean? Okay. So there is some aspect to where somebody comes and gets you and brings you to resolve a conflict that you go, this seems like a weird conflict of like, I don't know where this started or how to end it. Yeah, I think they I think they I think they stayed on a on a code. They so I get code. her I get her wanting them to do something, but then I also get them kind of saying to her of like, you're the same person here. This lady is fucking crazy, but we can't technically arrest her for rolling around on the goddamn floor. Like, that's not no, something they... that's here in our book, like in, in our handbook of how to deal with it. But I do love that, you know, there was another case a few months ago where, and you might have seen it, a uh, white dude was at work at a hotel and he started like smacking his head on the computer. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. And people flip that into him being the victim. Oh, well, he's got mental issues that you go, all right, which one of y'all doesn't have mental issues? Because every time y'all do some shit, mental issues, all the way out to mass shootings. Yeah. You know, you you look at these cases and you go, why are y'all always the victim? No matter what's going on, you know what I mean? This dude was at work slamming his head on the computer and you go you know and even this lady now is claiming you know oh i i was having a panic attack that it's like i don't believe in that shit i don't i don't know what the fuck a panic attack is do you understand is that a concept that you understand yes yeah yeah, they 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 it's all bro it's all under it's all under the umbrella white supremacy man They have, they have a whole, they have a whole code, and they have a whole protective service, man. They don't. Yeah, and that is the, definitely a button own. that they love to push. You know, the second yeah. you really are trying to hold them accountable, panic attack, uh, something that can't be quantified. You know. Yeah, um, yeah. I was having a panic because that was what they were saying <laughs> to the dude that was at work. That you go, well, technically, you shouldn't be having no fucking panic attack on the. That really is an excuse for grown people to have temper tantrums. And I mean, change the color of these people. Uh, I remember when the brother in Philadelphia, Walter Wallace, I think was his name. He was holding the knife and people were like, oh, well, he was having a panic attack and he was having a mental breakdown that you go, you're black. You don't get to do that shit. Because the cop wound up shooting him, and it's like, well, see, yeah, you, that's not a privilege we get. Yeah, exactly. Nah, they don't. It's, it's like, man, it's like a Paul Mooney, man. Paul Mooney got a joke, man. He says, uh, 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 in court, man, white people use, uh, you know, they use like, oh, I'm, I'm, I got, I got multiple personalities, and then the judge is like, oh, that's fascinating. We'll study that, and then a black person do that same thing. Like, I got multiple personalities, and they be like, well, if you need to choose one, one of them going to jail. Yeah, Paul Mooney was hilarious with that, but yeah. That's real talk, though. All the motherfuckers going to jail, so. 
good luck yeah. and all yeah, your personalities. But, yeah. but yeah, it's just funny to me. Like I said, no matter what, they always are the victim. Like I said, this dude was at work slamming his head on the goddamn computer and the internet made yeah. that into, oh, well, he has mental issues. Well, in this scenario, he's a customer service rep and I don't really give a fuck what he has. Yeah, I heard he, I heard he was drunk. I heard he, I heard he, he was he had been drinking. I heard like, who who even knows? Up. But I know that type of behavior. And I mean, for me, like I said, the wild Karen attack. So I'll tell you this story, too. Um, and their ability to morph into some form of authority is magical. Like one time I remember when I was younger, I was parking and this was in Indianapolis. And, you know, I was probably 20. But I had I was having some trouble parking and, you know, this white lady comes up over in the middle of me parking. It was one of those situations basically where somebody parked too close to the line on one side. Yeah. So I was, you know, trying to and then the lady came over and she I'm thinking she getting ready to help me. She like, do you have a license? And I mean, just in being younger back then, I already started to reach for my glove box. So like, let me, you know, and then I just like it hit me out of nowhere. Of, this bitch is nobody. <laughs> I remember being like, yo, uh, no. And also get the fuck away from me. And then she goes, well, I'm just wondering why you're having so much trouble parking. And then you go, well, is either one of these cars that I'm parking in between yours? Yeah, and then you go, bitch, you're not a police officer. Like, get the yeah. fuck out of here. <laughs> so I had to cuss her the fuck out because it was just like, lady, you know, how did you instantly become, you know, some uh, part of the law? Yeah. That they just think anytime they see us, they can just become the authority. Like, you know, remember that was a video a while ago of the woman following the black man through his apartment. And like, you have your key file. I just want to see your key file. <laughs> and it's like, lady, it doesn't matter. I'm in the building already. You're not security. What? What is this? Yeah, they go. They go by a different type of law, man. They go by that common law. That's, and then with the that most that... famous woman, which, as a matter of fact, she's part of my cover art. Uh, her name was what was her name? Barbecue Becky. That you know. They out in the park barbecuing, and she asking them about permits. Yeah, yeah. And calling the cops because we can't even barbecue without her ass. Yeah, man. And she was yeah. fat too. She looked like the perfect type of person that would enjoy a barbecue. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She like she mad she couldn't get a plate, man. That's what it <laughs> like. yeah, that was probably why she called. They wouldn't break yeah. her off the piece. She was not. like, "Oh, word." They told her to kick rocks, and then she was like, okay, then, fucking niggers. And, you know what I mean? Yeah, there was definitely a point where, like I said, white women were acting like, you know, patriarchy. Well, the patriarchy set up to benefit you, so I don't know why you're acting like your brother, father, uncle, cousins, and whoever else wasn't a part of this thing, you know, like it was a separate thing. It's like now all of you, when we talk about racism, we talking about all of y'all. I, I tell you this one last story of a Karen, and I mean, this wasn't this lady wasn't even white, so I was impressed by how white she was acting. Yeah. Uh, okay, out here in New York, I was at JFK, which is the airport out here, and right there was a long line in the men's restroom. 
Now, mind you, I start thinking, well, if y'all gonna say all this shit about gender neutrality and and trans bathrooms and how gender don't matter, then I'm gonna test it out. So it was a long mm-hmm. line, and I mean, it must have been twenty something dudes lined up. I'm looking at the women's restroom like, man, ain't nobody in there, so fuck it. Now, mind you, it's not like the women's restroom has stalls or doesn't have stalls, meaning it's not like a urinal. So it's not like I just went in there, whipped my dick out, and started peeing. I went into the women's restroom. There wasn't a woman out in the restroom. There were like two women in the stall, right? I went in the yeah. third stall. I did my thing. I came out. Now, when I'm coming out, this woman is standing at the sink washing her hands. Now, I go to wash my hands, and she freaks out. Oh, oh my God. What are you doing in here? Get out of here. Now, I'm like, <laughs> she wasn't black, but I think she was like some type of Indian or Middle Eastern. Now, I'm yeah. looking at her just like, it was a level of like, really, ma'am, like, grow up. I'm washing my hands. <laughs> Another woman comes out and just kind of like, you know, whatever. So anyway, as I'm walking past her, she starts yelling and screaming, get out, get out. Now I'm like, lady, I'm clearly leaving. I don't know why you make this a big deal. Like, have you not seen a man in a long time? Have you not heard all the chatter about trans bathrooms and gender neutrality? Like, get with it. Like, you know, this is the future, sis. Anyway, as I'm walking out, she starts taking out her phone, starts trying to record me. Oh, this guy was in the women's bed. Now I'm just like, all right, lady, you're doing a bit much. So I jumped at her. She kind of fell back like she was scared. And it was like, well, lady, you can't follow me around with a camera and also claim that you're scared. <laughs> so pick one. Right. Were you terrified of the fact that a man went into the women's bathroom or do you want to record it and try to get some sort of clout? And also, all everybody probably is going to tell you is to mind your fucking business. And I mean, to the point, she followed me into the parking lot. And there was a woman that said, the other woman that was in the bathroom said to me, just ignore her. She's being stupid. And it was like, yeah, lady, essentially, mind your fucking business goes a long way. Yeah. Because if you were scared of me inside, now you follow me outside. If anything, I should be calling the cops on you. Cause that's what she kept doing. I'll call the cop. And I, I remember being like, call him. Like, I wouldn't care. <laughs> she thought you was Candyman, man. <laughs> ah, that's one of my favorite movies. Them white people be screaming before they even see the hook. <laughs> I did hate that he had to live in the projects, though. I was like, why this nigga gotta live in the projects? Like, damn, why the black scary movie person got to live in the projects? Right. And the white girl had to go to the projects to see him. To find them. That is just like, (laughs) even in the movies, we in government housing. Damn. Yeah. Even in the movies, white woman is somewhere she ain't supposed to be. (laughs) Right. Wow, Karen's. But uh, we about to get off here. We we, we, we headed for the end of the podcast here. Uh, well, we wanted to talk a little bit about fight stories. This is the Tough Talk podcast, man. Give me a good old school fight story, man. Give me maybe a best win, worst loss type scenario. We'll make fun of that and get the fuck off here. 
<clears throat> and we, 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 in what setting are we talking? We talking uh, in either setting. Have you ever gotten a fight at a comedy show? Which I, no. I did bring up that I do remember you booked me for. Was it was that your show or was that a old boy's show? What was his name? It, Nate. I think, yeah, that was Nate. It was Nate's show. Yeah. Okay, so Nate Robinson booked us for a show at what Ball State? Yep. And. In the middle of one of your sets, it got kind of rowdy. I remember you had to cuss the motherfucker out. Yeah, man. Yes, I, I, man. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. Like since being out here in San Antonio, like man, I have witnessed and actually been in fucking fights or a fight at the goddamn comedy club. It's like, it's like it's the meeting grounds for motherfuckers. That will fight, and I'm talking about comedians. Like comedians have, have fought in this black comedians, black, white, Hispanic, like hilarious. And, and I haven't seen so many of the white and Hispanic fights, but I know I've heard about it. Well, I feel like but Texas it, is is damn near the wild, wild west. So it I feel is like there's man. a little more of a fighting aspect. It is, man, and and and. and, and Intimidation is also, you know, but but a lot of a lot of these motherfuckers be fighting because of uh, someone that stole. They think someone stole a joke, or uh, they actually be having like they actually pay attention to how these comedians like, you know, they'll see somebody perform and then they'll be like, oh god, I don't know if I can do anything. I can match that. Like they like so insecure, so it's like that starts fights. Like the shit is. You know what? And and to that point, I'll say this. One is it's dumb to fight over a joke because it's a level of like you can't unsteal a joke. They still told it and they probably gonna tell that joke even after you beat their ass. <laughs> but that's, I do understand the sentiment. But I wanted to say this, and I mean I was up early one morning and I seen you and a comedian, I think, from San Antonio. Y'all got in an argument. What What was about that? And I mean, you could tell the story without naming the person, but what was going on with that, man? So, man, I put this. So, I put this video out uh, that you know. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, great question. So, uh, basically, what happened, man? A few years ago, um, there was a situation that happened at the comedy club. I actually stopped doing comedy for about a year from the situation because it was like a, a bunch of other, uh, nonsense that came with it. And so during this period of time, the, these this this other comedian, you know what I'm saying, was doing podcasts and this and this fool says my name. I'm sorry, you going in and out. Can you hear me? Yeah, this app kind of janky, so it is what it is. But yeah, they 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 start uh, this fool name name my name, said my name on three different occasions on like this podcast he did. So what happened was there was another um, black comedian out here who uh, started a, a comedy club, and so the one the one that I the one that talked about me on the internet, this dude. Him and some other dudes call themselves the San Antonio Kings of Comedy. So they were getting ready to have this show. And what I was doing was I was giving more props to the black, because it's about to be a black-owned comedy club out here. 
that that's rare. So that was a boss move to me. So what I did was I basically called out a real boss move compared to this janky shit that these niggas doing out here. Ah, so you pointed at they shit, but after the dude said some shit about you, what was he saying about you, or was he saying it because you said this? So he would he would get on the, his podcast, and it could be random, bro. I, like I and, and trust me, bro, I wasn't checking for none of these niggas. I don't really, I was trolling, nigga. I was trolling. You know, you gotta troll. You gotta troll sometimes, bro. So, ah, so you hit the soft spot. Yeah, cause he, cause I, I'm going through the dude's podcast, and then all of a sudden it was like, yeah, some, some, yeah, fuck Jay Scott, and then it was like uh, another one, like yeah, uh, some, some, some Jay Scott ain't shit. I'm like, man, <laughs> this motherfucker naming my name. Bro. Oh, they was naming names. Yeah, man. So, man, and and through that, through the one I did, I kept it all comedy. I kept it all comedy. You know, there's people out here in this city, man, just because they get told that they're they're funny, they think they're funny. And then they get in front of people and they're not funny. Or they don't have even 10 minutes, but they wear the day or this and they or that. And, and it's like they try to tell other people the game that they really don't even know about. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I, I, had, to, I had to call this shit out. And it's like, you know, they... Of course, you know, these, these ignorant niggas out here, they, they try to come to one of the shows I was at. You know, one of one of, one of the niggas was very hurt because he, he mad because he, he said, I, I disrespected him, which I didn't. And it's like, man, you know, niggas was looking like some, some a retarded on the beat group, man. So I'm like, yo, man, I gotta, I gotta leave these niggas alone, man. The like San Antonio Kings of Comedy. Yes. And, and the thing is, these niggas are so silly that they don't even, they, man, I ain't even going they, to, they, they did that show and they don't even know how to market themselves upon that title. Well, one is it's a self-given title, and I'll be real, I mean, the original Kings of Comedy, which even, you know, people were like, that weren't involved with that were like, oh, well, Richard Pryor is the king of comedy, end of story. And I mean, there was that type of um, that type of sentiment being echoed even while they were doing Kings of Comedy, you know. And I mean, obviously, I was a kid back then, so I couldn't feel no sort of way. It's interesting that amongst black people, anytime someone says that the king, which I don't know why that's such a title that we fight over. And I mean, you can go all the way back to T.I. where he said he was the king of the South. Right. And Everyone, the first thing everybody jumped to do was, nigga, you ain't the king of nothing. You on your first album, who are you to call yourself the king of anything? And I mean, his first album flopped, so it justified people's sentiment that he wasn't. And in fact, people were saying that was part of why he wasn't. And then it was funny because the people, people jumped to defend, oh, well, you can't be the king of South because Scarface is, or because UGK is, or because Outcast is. All those people back TI were like, actually, we don't give a fuck that he calls himself that. Like, it's y'all who are being sensitive. Like, you know, let him be whoever he wants to be. But I only said that because in, even in New York, there is the New York Kings of Comedy, and that is, you know, three very funny comedians and I mean it's changed a couple of times who's been in the group but 
we we as comedians and as younger comedians very much see that as like a um you're telling everybody you're old because that's an old title. Man, what right. is, I think J. Cole on one of his albums talked about the king and you know those who desire a crown and it's it's like, yeah, man, there is no so to to be the self-proclaimed kings of San Antonio comedy is just it seems a little silly. To me. I'll go as far as to say that. It it is, bro. It is, bro. But I I'll say it like this, like in 2021, like you know, you know, gimmicks are still you know, you know, there, you know what I mean? So it's like, even if you call yourself that, that's cool. But now you have applied more pressure to yourself, and you have to live up to that. Yes, there's a higher standard now. Yeah, and so that was that was me on that on that live calling it out because they don't, that's not a real high standard. It's like they, they see how the other wave is, especially out here, you know what I'm saying? with other people making moves. And so it's like they try to do what they could to stay relevant. And what other way say to for myself, and, uh, you know. being in New York, that I think, like in New York, there's the haves and the have-nots, meaning you could be on a show with somebody who does, their only job is comedy, and they basically right. leave in a limo and you get on the train. Yeah. And I'm exaggerating. Yeah. But one thing that I I noticed in Indianapolis and one reason I was trying to leave was or I left was because the middle everywhere else. You feel like it's so full because there's no true there's no true really none of us are on TV because there's no, you know, market where we're at to the point that people try to use experience. But then you go, nobody knows who you are either. Like you remember, like a Reno hype, yeah. Back in Indianapolis, where he was marketing himself like such a big dog, but it, when you start talking to him, you like you got three years of experience just like me. Yeah, yeah, and that, and that, and I'm more experienced than you are. Yeah, and I, he, uh, yeah, he, yeah, he, I, I follow him on. Uh, he's still around, man. Nigga, Cali, man. But I, I, <laughs> I gotta find him. He was a character. Yeah, he's still, he's still, yeah, still, yeah, he on Facebook, whatever, but yeah, man, yeah, that's, and that's the thing, man, like, you know what I'm saying, like I say, you know, I, I'll definitely uh, say this, that, you know, when it comes to this comedy game right now, you know, the more, the more shows that you put on independently, the more hustle and grind that you use the marketing, the more results you'll get however way you're trying to get it like if you're if you whatever your goal is in comedy you know there's a formula and a way that you can use to really get yourself out there it's just a matter of if that's what you want to do and how far you want to go right and and, and there's a lot of fluff and a lot of cloud involved and like i said yeah i started noticing you know especially in smaller markets you get a lot of people Essentially, there's contenders and pretenders, and you get a lot of pretenders that market themselves like contenders. Facts. And you were calling that out basically, and the hit dog seemed like Holland. You know, they yeah. felt yeah, like you called cool. them out by name, which I do appreciate as a comedian. I try to avoid the beef, and I try not to name people to where it's like if the shoe fits, wear it. I'll say what I feel like you're doing that's janky. 
but I'll try not to name you, but there is, I think, an advantage to naming people because you got to be careful with if the shoe fits where it, because a lot of people will think the shoe fits them. Right. So it's more direct, better to just go ahead and name who you're going to name because usually they know you're talking about them and most people do. But then you, like I said, might might have somebody that feels like they caught astray because you weren't being specific. So I think it's manly as fuck to be specific, but you got to be willing to, you know, battle that out once they hear it. And and that's crazy that y'all got to name and names. But I like that because out here, everybody subs everybody. Well, see, that's, the, that's the crazy part, though, bro. I, I didn't I didn't name these dudes in that video. I didn't. Oh. That, <laughs> no, I didn't. I did not. What what they what, what happened was they I, I I put the title, and then once I put the title and I and I put one of the uh, uh, other comedians' name that is opening up the spot, then they they saw the title, then they start sharing it and, and trying to tag the other. You know what I'm saying? So that's how they came on. So I was trying to actually get one of them to come on the live to talk. And the, the nigga declined it, you know what I'm saying? So, so just yeah. based off the fact that you shared, I guess they felt like a competing venue. Yeah, well, they I, I think they they shared it because they they shared it because they 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 knew that I was getting ready to talk about something that they cannot do and try to latch on to youths. Hmm. See, out here, out here, man, you know, out here they it's a lot of ass kissing, bro. Like out here. Motherfuckers book you when you beg them to book you. They don't book you because you have talent. They, okay. book, you, they book you because you got to ask them. Like, I got to ask you to be on your show. I got to ask you, nigga. Hmm. Like, so it's a lot of that. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, this this person, you know, he opened up a comedy club. He can already have a lot of people trying to latch on to, to try to, because, you know, black people only make up 8% of San Antonio. Eight? So, like, Eight. Oh, I was about to say, boy, eighty. Eight. That's a lot. Eight. Yeah, eight. Yeah, less than ten percent of uh, the city yeah. is black, black. You know what I mean? So, but there's a but there's a lot of black comedians that are grinding hard. You know, there are in the city that are are grinding hard. You know what I mean? So it's like where you get in, where you fit in. And, you know what I'm saying? Motherfuckers get their own spots though, like not necessarily owning, but they're able to, you know. Have they try to find other people? Man, there's only because there's only one kind of here. Well, hmm. that would be two. There's only well, one major one. Like, it's so wide open. There's like three million people in the city. It's a lot of people. It's like, two, almost two, three million people in the city. Got gotcha. <laughs> so You know, it's always oh, for the taking, bro. It's, for the, it's wide open now. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, I was seeing a lot of, like I said, on your page, they was <laughs> typing whole paragraphs. And y'all yeah. Before, I was like, yo, how did these niggas get into this? And I mean, it's like that out here to a certain extent. You can't. A lot of people will book people, not because they're funny, but because they run a show that they want to be on. So it's a lot of spot trading going on. Yeah, click like clicked up and everything. Yeah, and that, that shit that you read, that shit was, yeah, so that was like the main person who and you know, it's, and it's different than Indiana, and I'll say this is this is one of the reasons I wanted to leave was because there was only one click there, and they kind of controlled all the work. Whereas out yeah. here, 
it's so many different clicks that to me you can't even complain about the clicks because okay, these people over here they controlling this amount of shows, they controlling this amount. That even if you get boxed out or they don't like you, there's still another 40 shows you can do. Right. Whereas I felt like in Indiana, hey man, it's these six shows and they're all ran yeah. by people that's in the click. And if you Facts. ain't in the click, then Facts. So, I was Facts. wondering when I was seeing that if that was the type of energy in San Antonio too. Yeah, it's it's the same. It's it's about the same as up there what you're saying in New York. You know, like it's so many places. And that's the thing, too. Like, these bars out here are not like the bars in Indianapolis. Like, the bars out here have stages. A lot of a lot of bars out here have stages, and they have a lot of performances. So they so set up for comedy or set up for music. Yeah, even though it's under the umbrella. Uh, so there is a better circuit than in India. Yes. Yes. Okay, that's 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 dope. Yeah. Like but it's, but it's more it's more comedy clubs in Indianapolis though. Like I know you got helium crackers. Like they've opened up a few of them since I left. They, they came up. Yeah, when I was there, I did Joker's Wild, and that yeah, was like okay. two years ago, maybe three. See, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's um, they had took up. over the crackers downtown. Okay. Yeah, and then they were just building the helium. So okay. I've been seeing some pictures of helium, and uh, Dion Me- Curry was just out there. I'm gonna have to get at him. Yeah, Helmet, yeah. you know who's blown up is Miss Pat. Yeah, she came out here. She came out here a couple years ago, man. I was able to get on one of her shows. She actually just came here last year, but she mm-hmm. she came out here a couple years ago. Man. I was able to get on uh, one of her shows out here. Yeah, she, she's doing a thing. That's dope. So she was nice to you in the whole nine. She, she was nice, you? bro. Cause bro, when last time I last time I was around Miss Pat, she was not nice to me at all, man. And I and I think it was it was at uh Morty's and, and it was a show I did. I think she she hosted it. And you know, I don't know, she just kinda always had, you know, I didn't really talk to her a lot. Okay, yeah, and, and and there was an age gap with me and her because she always felt more like an aunt to me. Yeah, you know, she was around my mother and them's age. I mean, younger, probably ten years, but she always felt more like an auntie to me. So we didn't talk her too much, and I can remember even at one point she came over to me. It was like, "Motherfucker, you don't speak," and it was like, "Ah, you just, you know, you in that bracket of, I look at you like an adult." And I mean, I started when I was nineteen, so. Right, I yeah, literally I, I, was a kid compared to her. Yeah, yeah, and I, mean, I, I scooped it, up. But you know, and remember back to her beating up motherfuckers on stage, which now I think about, it, I'm like, man, I gotta find a way to get her on the podcast because she got yeah. some stories. Yeah, she do, man. Yeah, she do. She it was all love with her, though, man. You know, so I uh, scooped her up from her hotel. You know, uh, you know, took her to a couple places and everything. And, yeah, she let she let me on. It's crazy because she did it from there. And as somebody who moved to New York, you know, a major market, I go, damn, I could have stayed home. She made it from there. Yeah, yeah, but see, she had already she had already uh, won something before she came to Indiana. She she oh, had yeah, won yeah, like yeah, a she was on that, I think Nickelodeon mother. Yeah, she won something. Yeah, I think she she was in Georgia when she won that. So she had already had some type of accolade right. coming into the city. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. 
She got a show on BET now. Uh, yeah. And I mean, yeah. whatever. She's on all over. She blew, it, blew up big time. But we're going to yeah. go ahead and get the hell off here. I feel like I'm going to talk to you out. Uh, tell the people where they can find you at one more time. And we'll jump off here. Yeah, yeah. First, man, I want to say, man, I appreciate you bringing, bringing me on, bro. Chopping it up like this. You know what I'm saying? The game definitely needs this right here. From all the topics and everything that we talked about. Uh, shit, man. Boy, comedian Jay Scott. Uh, shit. San Antonio's most wanted comedian about this bitch. You can find me uh, on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Just just type in comedian Jay Scott, Google all that shit, and I'm going to come up. You know what I'm saying? I got some things in the works. Uh, definitely about to go down. Um, check out any podcasts, any TikToks, anything I put out. Appreciate the love, man. Support. I support this brother right here. Like I said, he's came a long way, man. And I seen this nigga perform at Apollo. I said, God damn it, this nigga's on. Yeah, yeah. man, we, we we trying to be everywhere. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but so, like I said, so I appreciate you. You was one of the first cats to put me on some shows and whatnot. So try to reciprocate oh, that love. Uh, if you're listening, find me per usual at I am Phil Hunt on all social media. And uh, this has been another episode of the motherfucking Tough Talk podcast. Thanks.